Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale Season 4, Episode 1, Chapter 58, In Memoriam. As the residents of Riverdale prepare for its upcoming Independence Day parade, Archie receives a phone call that will change the rest of his life forever. Hey, Bulldogs, we're back with the Season 4 premiere-ish thing. <laughs> this did not feel like a Riverdale episode proper. Not a premiere. If you listen to our preview cast for this season, you kind of know that I had already predicted this to happen. This wasn't going to be like a true Riverdale premiere. It was going to be a bridge to get us from the end of last season to the beginning of the meat of what this season's going to be and address the really big issue of Fred Andrews, Luke Perry's passing. And I was 100% correct. You were. There were like the tiniest little pepperings of some things that are going to come, but they were one-off lines or moments. They were not like there weren't any bombshells dropped in this episode. If you listen to our drive-through episode, which is our instant reactions to the episodes that come out on Friday on Patreon, you also know that we love this. This was a great episode. It was. This was probably the best episode of Riverdale they've ever done. And that's both very sweet because it honors Luke Perry and also is also really sad because this is the position they had to get into to write something this good. (laughs) I I still balk a little bit because I don't feel like this is really a Riverdale episode. I think it's a really great episode of TV. But you know what? That's really interesting because Riverdale is always looked at as this, you know... That's like guilty pleasure television. So for it to have that much emotional weight and resonance is like, hey, you guys can do that in this universe, but you've been doing a really shitty job. (laughs) It's possible. You can do it with these characters. You can make it work, but you just never you've never tried. It's true. I just also wonder, would we miss the trash a little bit if it wasn't there? The thing is, you can still have some of the trash. And the emotional weight together. You, and that's the that I mean, that's the thing we've been harping on for three seasons. Is like, true. You, can, you can have the trash, you just need to ground it a little bit. Boy, do they ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we start out with Jughead narration. He has been writing, actually. You know, spring slid into summer and some semblance of normal life resumed. The terrors of the farm weren't forgotten, but they had started to fade. So like the farmies are all gone. Griffin and Gargoyles were already an urban legend, so nobody's dealing with that anymore. It's all gone. (laughs) And apparently the big to-do is that we're going to have an Independence Day parade the first time in several years. But there are no fireworks over Sweetwater River because the Blossoms aren't paying for it. Can anyone blame them? As bad as the Blossoms are. I mean, at this point, like... We don't really know what their true financial situation is, and they're all gone or in prison or dead, so (laughs) certainly not uh, at the forefront of anyone's mind. We kind of stop at the non-Cooper house, because that's what it's actually called in their scripts, the (laughs) not-Cooper or the the former Cooper house, because it's Betty's room, and it just keeps changing, but her room stays the same. Like The house ownership changes, but her room stays the same. The house formerly known as Cooper's. Yeah, basically. Jughead has given Betty some of his writing, and she says it's beautiful. And he's like, hey, should I submit it to this contest? And she's like, yeah, I think it's going to win this contest. And they say that they love each other. No. So, okay, he's writing again. That's great. Clearly, he's submitting to the contest so that he can go to this fancy school that we've heard about, this prep school. I will say that's a low-key prediction, because it's never confirmed, 
but I'm totally riding with you on that. But like, that. obviously, that's the hint to where we're going to go next. Like, we know he's going to this school. How and why is he going there? Okay, well, he's entering some sort of contest. Hmm. So that there's got to be something. Maybe he thought it was a scholarship for college, not scholarship for prep school. Oh. That could be where that is a misconception, because I don't think Jughead would knowingly and intentionally try to get a scholarship to get him to a different high school. No. Why would he do that? Exactly. We cut over to the Pembroke, and it's Archie and Veronica. They are in bed together, because that's where they're always together. Oh, joy. (sighs) Veronica wants to stay in bed forever, and Archie's just like, I have to go finish building that float for your parade. (laughs) And Veronica says, well, Pops is only sponsoring it. Like, it's not my parade. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. We cut over to Thistle House, and it's Cheryl walking down the hall. And she's talking to her dead brother, JJ. So his corpse is still there. And she's reading the paper. She goes, let's see what the hot gossip in town is today, shall we? And then we'll do the crossword. And she sees that there is an advertisement for the 4th of July parade. And she yells, what the hell over my dead body? Which is funny because she's talking to her brother's dead body. It's true. I mean, it's creepy and sad, but it's also funny. (laughs) We can't hide the funny on it. And also, I completely forgot that Jason had been killed on the 4th of July at Sweetwater River. It was, I think it was over that weekend. Yeah, but like, it was... We do forget that that's the this series of events that occurred that started this whole series. Yeah. So it's fair, and it's a nice callback, and I'm okay with that. And it makes sense with the timeline of the show. Oh, yeah. No, I, I enjoyed it. It was just like, oh, right. I forgot that happened. Two and a half years ago. <laughs> we come on over to Pops and the foursome are washing cars. Like they're yeah, they're just they're they're washing their cars and Cheryl drives up and Archie's got his shirt off. And they're just like, What's your problem, Cheryl? And they're like, Oh, the fourth of July is a day of tragedy for Riverdale, not celebration, or have you forgotten what happened to my poor brother Jason? <laughs> and Betty says, Okay, Cheryl, Riverdale hasn't held a parade out of respect for your brother in like years. And Jughead says, like, you don't have to come. <laughs> Which is great. And she says, oh, I'll be their insufferable smurf. <laughs> that that was so good. And so she's she says she's going to protest it. She runs off. And they're like, can we have breakfast? Because it's Jughead. So they go inside and they start talking about camping. They've released this scene a lot. And Veronica's hesitant. Okay, what do we mean by camping? We're going to be in the woods. This is going to be our last opportunity to do this because it's our senior year. Archie gets a phone call he sees it's his dad he gets up he walks by he drops his phone he's taken aback clearly he's been given the news and everybody's like archie (gasps) and key collapses we cut to the andrews house and it's archie and mary and it's fp giving him the news of what happened Mm. yeah this is really sad and really hard Mm -hmm. how they wrote that fred passed was that he was driving down the highway he saw somebody got a flat he got out he went to help change the flat tire car came out of nowhere and killed him which i appreciate that i knew i also call, totally called it was gonna be a car accident it's totally gonna be a car accident <laughs> you did get that right i wanted it to be with hermione but yeah i totally called it was a car accident because it has to be some fluke thing that just happens it has to be something that isn't tied to anyone's like malfeasance. It just shit happens. By the way, what you can't see right now is that we're both tearing up because <sighs> it's just so true to life. <laughs> yeah. And it's just sad. And 
Archie's very concerned. What about the other person? Did they stop? And FP's shaking his head. So it was a hit and run. We have to find who did it. We have to catch them. FP's already like, no, Red. Don't think about that. I'll work with the sheriff's office up at Cherry Creek where it happened. Okay. So they ask what happens now. And we cut to later. They're in the dining room and they're talking with the funeral services person. And they've decided they're going to do a burial. They're going to bury him next to his father, Archie's grandfather, Artie Andrews, Arthur Andrews. Apparently, there's a cost to transport the body. It's $9,000. And Veronica's there saying, of course, whatever, whatever it costs, because she's Moneybag's girlfriend. She has at least some money. So, like, I appreciate that. And it makes sense for all the characters involved. They talk about the fact that the driver who would do this, who would transport Fred, won't be available until July 5th. Because of the holiday also makes sense. So they'll do the internment on the 6th. Everyone's like, cool, great. So we cut to the backyard. <laughs> this is one of the best scenes and most emotional scenes is all the kids are in the backyard having a, quote, root beer. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about Fred. Talk about the treehouse that Reggie fell out of and broke his arm. There's a day where Fred acted as Betty's dad for a father-daughter race. Ugh. Potato sack race. Mm-hmm. Jughead talks about Fred picking up FP when he was too drunk and making sure that he had enough to eat. This is all making me cry. And I fucking hate the show. But it's just really sweet. It's it's a very sweet, wonderful scene. And it's hard to know where the acting stops and the just telling stories begins. I know that they're very written towards Fred. All of these actors to a person were like, he was like a surrogate dad. He was everybody's dad. Yeah. I have not heard one single bad story about Luke Perry. Every Only thing that everyone says is that, oh, yeah, he was our dad. He was Fred Andrews. So this is a really sweet scene. Mm -hmm. So it's great. Archie gets a little emotional and he's like, let's call it a day. Then he wakes up from what is clearly a dream and he sees his grandpa Artie and he goes downstairs and he sees all of his friends and he's like, where's my dad? I thought he would already be with you. And Artie says, you're supposed to go get him. Like you have to bring him to us. And so Archie wakes up like totally scared out of his shit. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to him and the friends are all standing on the street and Reggie shows up and he's just like, I have to get my dad. I have to bring him home. And Reggie has brought him a hearse. Why do you even have this? And Reggie's like, eh, it's been on the lot for years. Nobody wants to buy it. It's true. Uh, which I that makes total sense. Like they pulled things that we already know about. Reggie's dad is a car dealer. Yep. So of course Reggie would have access to a car. And so they have this. So like, I just love this. He's like, I, I don't want my dad stuck in some weird town. I can't wait till after July 4th to bring him home. <sighs> I hate this because it's so sweet and sad. But it's also so true to the character, mm -hmm. which I love because they've really fucked with Archie. <laughs> <laughs> they threw Archie like against every single wall, like a plate of spaghetti that last season. Yeah. And ultimately wound up tying up loose ends. This is back to season one, Archie, just with all of the growth and crap he's had to deal with. Yeah. We go to the sheriff's office in Cherry Creek. And they go talk to the sheriff or the, the police officer there. They just kind of want to know if they caught the guy. Where's the car? Where are the keys? Okay, this is where the car is. This is where the keys will be with your father's effects. Okay, great. So they go to the funeral home and they're like, we thought he wasn't leaving till the 5th. And they're like, nope, I'm taking him home today. 
We cut to a phone call with Mary. Mom, they say I'm underage. I can't get dad. I can't bring him home, but I have to do it. <laughs> and I love that Mary's first thing is like, wait, you're not upstairs in your room. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, mom. I screwed up. <laughs> I had to come down here. He's still Archie. It's great. And then Mary, give me the phone. <laughs> give me the phone. She lawyers that man up real good. So the funeral director's like, yeah, okay, great. Okay, I'm going to need a few more hours to get him ready for transport. You guys can wait here. And Archie asks if he can see him. And they're like, oh, Archie, you don't have to do that. And he goes, what if they made a mistake? What if it's not him? And they're like, okay, you can follow me. And then we cut to Betty and Veronica coming into the room. And the funeral director's like, wait, what about Archie? And like, he couldn't do it, but he wants us to make sure. Mm-hmm. So we never see anything, but we see the girls look and see. And they confirm that yeah, it's Fred. Yeah. Which is sad and sweet. And we cut to, I guess, I believe they're outside. Jughead and Archie are talking together and he's just like, hey, Jug, can you can you do my dad's obit? Which, which Jughead's like, of course. Yeah, anything. <laughs> we, you know, they get they get dad's belongings and the girls tell him, yeah, it's your dad. Which also sucks. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. This, this is going to be a tough episode, this is, this y'all. This is a whole episode and that's part of the reason why we're going so fast is that this episode moves really fast and there's so much silence in this episode. It's kind of crazy. But in the best way. Yeah. No, it's it's very well paced because otherwise it would either feel very slapped together or it would feel like, oh, you're drawing this all out. No, it is perfectly paced. It really is. It's as though rather than them saying, we're going to try to do a tribute here, they said, we're going to write the best possible episode we can do. And we're going to give our best performances we can because that's the best way to pay tribute to Luke and Fred. Yep. And I think that's brilliant. We cut over to the Andrews home and Cheryl and Tony have arrived to talk to Mrs. Andrews and Cheryl's. Ugh. This this one is hard and wonderful because we haven't seen this vulnerability from Cheryl in so long. Cheryl says she felt alone when Jason died. And she does not want them to feel that. Mm. So she wants to do something for the Andrews family. And yes, I'm crying. It's the sweetest thing ever. And I hate this. <laughs> I don't like emotions. They're obnoxious. <laughs> um, what I really, truly love about this is that Cheryl is the most selfish human being ever. Mm-hmm. But if there is one soft spot, it is her brother. Yeah. That is her soft spot. <laughs> and so I like that they show... That she can be sweet and there's nothing manipulative in her about this. And I wonder, will that come into play later on in the season? I hope so, because so many fans really just want Choni to be happy and wonderful. But they have a really fucked up toxic relationship. It is really, really bad. And part of it is that they all need therapy. Like, serious therapy, probably some medication, at least for a period of time. Yeah, it's not good. And so I I love that they're showing a lesbian couple, but like they need to not be a horrible couple. Like that's like, can they, can we just, can we have good representation? Not just like shit to like check a box. I think fans have wanted that from the beginning for those two. And of course we spent this whole season dragging them down. Like the problem now is you can't get back to that positivity without resolving those issues. You have to resolve all these issues that you've created. Because nobody's going to forgive you. (laughs) And maybe they will. Don't have much hope for that. But maybe they will. Cut to Fred's car. They found it. 
you know, they have the keys now. So they went oh. and they got the car and they're looking, you know, this guy's jacket in there and it's just really sweet. And mm-hmm. then they get out of the car and they see this woman approach with flowers and it's Shannon Doherty. I had no idea this is how they were going to do this cameo. Mm-hmm. It is perfection. Yep. They're like, who are you? I came to pay my respects to what to fret. Like, and she's like, are you Archie? How do you know me? You're his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he just kept talking about you. So basically, she's the one he helped. Yeah. It's super sweet. She asked him if they want to pray. She does the Lord's Prayer. It's and, sweet. Yeah. It's one of those moments. Even I was like, oh, are we going to get weird with this? I was like, no, it was the Lord's Prayer. And it, the most gorgeous thing about it is you have these kids who have spent three seasons with him mm-hmm. as a new surrogate dad and Shannon Doherty, who spent so many seasons with him on 90210. And they're both having the exact same emotions about this person from different vantage points. Totally. It's just sweet. And also, this is the first person they've lost by a true accident. Everyone who's died so far in this show has been murder. It's been murder. Murder, sometimes suicide, always under (sighs) suspicious circumstances. It's, It's coerced suicide. I call that murder. It's all bad and violent. And yeah. And this is the first time, not only was it someone super close to them, close to the show, but it's also like, it's not natural causes, but it's just like, this is just the shit that happens in life. Yeah. So again, like this first time we're dealing with all this stuff. So I'm glad that it also carries the emotional weight that it needed to. Uh, We cut to the kids are at a different diner and Archie's just like, my dad saved that woman's life. A total stranger. He sacrificed himself for her. And the friends are like, yeah, he's a hero. Why? Why did he have to be one? Why couldn't he just keep driving like everybody else? And the friends are like, but that's just who your dad was. Yeah, they got him killed. Like, Archie's dealing with this, and I totally understand this. This makes total sense to be questioning dad. Why couldn't this one time you not have been this guy? It's that, and then it's also a commentary on Archie doing that for these past three seasons. Yep. It's all of that wrapped together. Yep. It's gorgeous in seeing him finally come to terms with, you know, it's not really dark demons, it's just recklessness. Yeah. And the impulse is so wonderful and glorious, but look at the damage. So Archie says, I got to get some air. So he goes outside, he gets a phone call, and it's FP. And FP's like, we found the guy. You know, he turned himself in an hour ago. And Archie's like, who is it? FP tells him. No priors. Is he in jail? No. He should be rotting in a cell. I know he will be, but that's not how this works. And Archie's just like, yeah, you know, this guy killed my father. I want to get justice. And FP's like, yeah, he will. I promise you. And then Archie just like hangs up the phone, sees a, sees a phone booth, because those are still a thing in Riverdale. <laughs> well, not, we're not in no, Riverdale. No, no, no. Okay, Cherry Creek, wherever. Not only that, but the phone booth has a phone book. Mm-hmm. With people, like a white book, if you will. Because <laughs> that's what those were called when it's lists residents. And he looks up George Augustine, which is the name of the guy who ran him over. And of course, being Archie, he shows up on the doorstep. He starts getting in the guy's face, beating him up. And then all of a sudden, this kid walks out and is like, it wasn't him. It was me. And so basically, the dad is taking the fall for the son who just made a mistake. He, and like, he, he went it, out for a joyride, drive, drove too fast, and hit Fred. Yeah, and it's just like, and the son feels awful, and the dad's just covering for his son, and it's just like, fuck, 
so Archie just leaves and he's outside and he's on a bench and Jughead finds him. He's like, how'd you find me? My dad called. He had a feeling. (laughs) Which I do love that whole like, you know, FP may have been fucked up for a long time, but he knows who that kid is. FP knows Red. (laughs) He knows who that kid is. Uh Uh-huh. He knows who raised him. He knows what's in there. And he's seen. okay. And he's also seen everything that's happened with him. And yeah. And so Archie's just like feeling really bad. And he talks about like, it wasn't him. It was his son. He did exactly what I would have done. That he did exactly what my dad would have done. And I'm a horrible son because all I did was fight with my dad. Blah, 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 blah. He's he's finally feeling some feelings, which (sighs) it takes time to get to. Totally. Ugh. Ugh. (laughs) What I will say from just a technical standpoint is that's the only moment that felt a little forced in this episode. It's the only thing to me that was like, eh, we didn't have to do this. We didn't have to, but if you look at everything we've seen from Archie, it makes total sense that he would do that. And I appreciate at least that they made it that the father was covering for the son. It was a wonderful turn. Because... Otherwise, Archie would just have been strong vengeance. And Archie, like, it's still going to take time to process and, like, fully forgive and understand all of it. But he can, from immediate place, accept what happened. Yeah. And how it happened. Because it's like, oh, if it had been me, my, I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. So um, the friends are like, okay, we're ready to go. We're going to finish what we started. We'll follow you in the hearse. Mm-hmm. So the sweetest thing in the fucking world <laughs> they pull into like the town line and fp's waiting for them there mm-hmm. they're like what's going on <sighs> yeah i'm just gonna cry through the rest of this sorry it's everybody. okay this is it's just okay. the way it is this is a feelings heavy episode i just need to say this if i didn't care i would not be crying <laughs> at all so fp says we heard what you were doing And I want to be a part of it. And I want to give your dad the police escort he deserves. Hey, UFP. (laughs) Because if you weren't crying before, this is when you fucking lose it. (laughs) This is it. You can always I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to tough it out. God damn it. God damn it, FP and your police escort. And then. So then they drive through town. It's the 4th of July parade. Only it's welcome home, Fred. Mm -hmm. That's what all the signs say. Uh Uh-huh. And it's just the sweetest most beautiful thing ever. I love it. And I hate it at the same time. And that's what Cheryl and Tony organized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we ended at the Andrews home and Archie tells his mom and it's like, oh, he'd be so proud of you. Kevin's there. The McCoy Kellers are all there. I know. There's Attorney McCoy, it made me so- Keller, and Josie's there. It made me so happy. That was like... I'm watching it at work, so I'm, like, really holding my emotions Yeah, you're really back. trying to not have feelings. And, like, I, I got through it, but that's the moment where I started going, mm, mm, Kevin and Josie are back. That's so sweet. Well, Josie, because Ashley Murray has left the show. Yeah. But they did make a big deal about it. They wanted to make sure that everyone was back for this episode. It was really important. And here's the thing. Josie could have gone to school in New York and would definitely come back. Totally. Well, she went on tour with her dad. Yeah. That's, that's where her character went. But it makes sense that she would come back for this. She would find a day off and come back. Yeah. Like, it's, it's if, so easy. Yeah. Yeah. If only for Kevin. It's Fred Andrews. <laughs> So we cut to, we're at the graveyard, and Ashley Murray, as Josie, is singing, and she's singing Amazing Grace. Uh-huh. You cannot have Josie come back and not have that girl sing. Beautiful. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Archie gives a beautiful speech about his dad. 
mm-hmm. that I hate, and I'm not gonna recap because <laughs> tears. His last thing is that Fred Andrews will always be a part of Riverdale. I love you so much, Dad. It's really sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. I know. Yeah, because nope. yep. I, I don't want to cry anymore about this. After the funeral, people are starting to leave. The funeral director is there, and Veronica goes up to her, like, "Hey, I want to talk to you about payment." And she says, "Oh, it's been paid in full." And Veronica's confused. She's like, by Miss Andrews, I didn't want her to paying for any of this. And the funeral director says, no, by your father, he paid the bill in full, which I find interesting. There's a couple ways to look at this. You could say, oh, that's Hiram paying back Fred for taking care of his daughter while he was gone, because he did. Like, he looked out for her in regards to making sure Archie treated her well. Yeah. So, like, that's that. But it's, I think that the more sinister thing is at play and that he's making it very clear to Veronica I know what's going on in this town and I know what you're doing. And yeah, like you're not getting credit for this one. It's it's a little bit of both. Yeah, there's I, there's layers, sure. You know, Hiram also has a huge amount of respect for Fred Andrews mm-hmm. because unlike anybody else in that town, Fred Andrews is the one man who would never give in to him. Uh-huh. Ever. Doesn't matter what he tried. And so I think there is a level of respect of he is the town. Plus, mm-hmm. it's good politics when he comes back, too. True. I mean, like, if you want to read him as pure sociopath, how do you not help the man who is Riverdale? Yeah. So it's a nice touch that I think sets some good stuff up for later. Yeah, it's it's one of those little seeds. And then we see Betty is at her father's gravesite and spray painted over where it says how Cooper, it says the black hood burns in hell. And she's just kind of like clearing brush off of it. So again, this is another seed of like, okay, she's grieving her father being gone, but she also has to grieve who her father was. Yeah. And how everybody sees who her father was. And the darkness. The darkness. And now it's time to read the obituary written by Jughead Jones. Mm -hmm. It's very sweet. And when we see this, we see everybody reading it. So we see... Alice reading it and she's crying. Like everybody's crying. Yeah, everybody's being emotional about it. We see Hermione in jail reading it. We he- see Hiram in jail reading it because yeah, both the lodges are in jail. Yeah. Um. There's the line about he was a damn good tipper, and we see Pop going, "Damn right he was." <laughs> it's just perfect and sweet and lovely. Yeah, I'm not reading it. I'm not gonna fucking do it. Don't do it. It's okay. fine. I will say this: our knight in flannel armor. <laughs> Oh God, it was so good. <laughs> it's, it's very well done. It's at once very jughead, but also very loving. And totally. that's again, that's what makes this episode so perfect. Everyone is directly in character, uh-huh. but also making the commentary that they want to make about totally Fred and about Luke outside of the show. Yeah. And then we cut to all the kids are in the backyard. Archie goes up to his mom. He's like, mom, are you ready? Are we about to start? Yeah. And so he sits down next to Veronica. Like they got picking blankets out and they're cuddling. And Cheryl starts the fireworks. Because in that speech that I won't reference, Fred loves the fireworks. That was his favorite thing. And while Archie and Veronica are talking, he's like, can you imagine if everyone was even half as good as my dad? And Veronica says, you already are, Archie. And Archie says, nope. Not yet, but I'm going to honor his memory every day. And so he gets up, he goes to the garage, and he's touching some stuff, and he's he's touching the soundproofing on the wall, and we get a flashback of Fred soundproofing. And then he touches the jalopy, and we flashback to that horrible thing where Fred's crying, I'm crying, everybody's crying. Uh-huh. 
it's the sweetest thing. And then we end the episode with Archie in silhouette, like really upset crying at the jalopy. And the only thing that's really illuminated is a picture of Fred and Archie at Pops in the corner. It is so beautiful and perfect. And I hate the show. <laughs> and I think the thing that I hate the most is that I know that they can do this so well. And anything that's less than this perfect is pure garbage. I'm going to be mad at them because you're capable of doing so well. Well, I know. I know what show I'm watching. Get ready for the rest of the season because I guarantee you we are in for pure garbage. I know. I'm very emotional about it because it was a very emotional episode and it's annoying and I hate it and I'm sad. Lots of feels. Yeah, lots of feelings. But the TV genius was correct. I'm I'm proud of me, I guess. (laughs) Uh, I'll take it. I'll take a win when I can get a win. I will say this. If you you care about Luke Perry, but you've never watched Riverdale before. Uh Uh-huh. And you've listened to our show, watch the episode. Like, I think you'll really enjoy it. It is a standalone episode of TV. I don't know how much of a standalone episode it is. But like I said before, this is a bridge between last season and the season. This is not a season premiere episode at all. Yeah. It just really isn't. And I assume in the next episode, we haven't watched the next time on, we're going to jump the six weeks or so for school to start. Because this is 4th of July. They're not great with their timelines here, but I assume <laughs> the next episode we're going to start with, okay, school, it's back in school. I mean, it would make a lot of sense. It makes the most sense for sure. Because senior year. Yeah, senior year. All right. So we're going to take a brief pause. You're going to hear some music. And when we come back, we will have just watched the next time on and we'll give our quick thoughts, maybe some predictions about what we see there. If you don't want to hear that, you can go ahead on out. If you're a fan of our show, please consider reviewing us and rating us on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're downloading it, you can review there. (laughs) Do it there, please. And also consider following us on our new Doghouse Twitter handle. It's at the underscore Doghouse pod. We're trying to carve out our Doghouse followers into one place and tell some of your other Riverdale fanatics about us. All right, let's go watch this trailer. Okay. Well, next week is called Fast Times at Riverdale High. Love the reference. It's going to be sexy time in Riverdale. Sexy and dark. Some craziness about at school because it's senior year. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. It looks like an episode just full of high school drama. Well, that's good. And somebody's windshield gets broken. Kevin gasps in the woods. So maybe his boyfriend comes. Maybe Moose comes back. I know. Please, please let Moose come back. They're so cute together. Oh, my gosh. Just. Give the boy something to hold on to. He also needs a healthy relationship. Okay, I will I will give one other caveat. Okay. If Fangs escapes the farm and gets away. Yeah. And then comes back and they rehab it. I'll allow it. I'll allow him to be with Fangs. I'll allow it. Because that's also very adorable. But, like, I think they really just missed a wonderful opportunity to have them just be really amazing best friends. That too. Like, I... I'm not like shitting on that ship because they are adorable, but it was because they were so adorable. I also wanted to see Kevin have a friend who they could relate on their attraction to men because Fangs is bisexual. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, I just like that he finally had somebody that he could have that thing in common. Give us male platonic friendships. Yes, and stop calling it bromance. It's called friendship. (laughs) Yeah. Friendship is good. Guys can be friends with each other. 
It's totally cool yeah. and wonderful. It's true. It's true. I did find the uh, the tagline for the season real interesting. What is the tagline for the Well, season? the poster is heavily inspired by Sex Lies and Videotape. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. So, we are, there's always sex. There's always lies. So, I guess this time things are getting filmed? Yeah. Creepy stalker people? Ooh, web crimes. <laughs> web crimes. But also, where that could play into their benefit Mm-hmm. is if now that we've resolved some of the ridiculousness that we went out for these three seasons. I'm sorry, we've solved it? We've... What? Okay. Solved? Wrong. Nothing has been handled. The only thing we've done is address the fact that one of the most amazing people is dead. That's the only thing that is solved. Okay. Okay. Solved. Resolved. Resolved. Nothing is resolved. It's resolved as well as it's gonna be in the arc of this show. Wait, no. <laughs> no. They have wrapped up D&D, Satan plot, and serial killer. That's mostly what I'm talking about. But like, I still don't even fully believe that Hal's dead. Okay? Like, I don't. I don't either. I don't. Truly don't. We know he's missing a hand. That's about all we got. All I'm trying to get to is, at least for the first half of this season, perhaps the tension and conflict we're going to deal with is much more high school interpersonal relationship related instead of some grand plot design that we've had in all the other past seasons. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but they're hinting at that. Eh. And that would be a good thing for them to do to shake things up in this season. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, then Hiram's going to get out of prison and who the fuck knows what's going to happen then. So. Um, well, I, I believe one of them is going to be dead by the end of the season. I just don't know which one because I haven't decided. Ooh. Yeah. But that's what I said in our preview cast. One what of- if they both wind up alive? Who uh, dies in their place? Boo. <laughs> We're running out of parents, Okay. <laughs> That's why I said it was okay if later on, like, Mary's brother comes to town so we can have another adult figure. Because <laughs> we're running out of parents. Can't kill them all off. Gotta keep no, some of them around. some of them leave town. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Well, I'm sure it's going to be back to its ridiculous self next week. All right. Well, until next time. Hashtag Go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.